Thank you, Kelly, for blessing me. And now I'm going to bless you all in, in the name of Jesus. And we'll just start this off right. Like blessing, blessing one another. Right now, I bless you. I bless you now in the name of Jesus that you would know Jesus more wonderfully. I, I bless you to know the guidance and help of God. I bless you to flourish and prevail over whatever challenges you're facing in your life right now. And, and I bless you for healing, that you would be healed in your body, in your mind, in your emotions, in your spirit, especially in the area of trauma today, that trauma would just be lifting off you in the name of Jesus. And instead, you would be healed in, in, in those ways. I also bless you to, to be healed when it comes to your spirit, that your spirit would be calm and full of joy in Jesus' name. I, I bless you to feel hope today. Feel peace today. Feel joy today. Feel loved today. Whatever your circumstances, that, that those attributes and, and that the presence of God will cultivate those feelings in your heart and in your soul during this time. I bless you with that in the name of Jesus. May it be. Boom. All right. Welcome back to our study entitled The Bible Land and Biblical Faith. Today we're learning about the Jezreel Valley. And as you can see here on the first map, uh, Jezreel Valley is a big valley that basically separates two parts of the land. It separates Galilee in the north, which we'll talk about in two weeks, and the entire rest of the, the hill countries that we've talked about before. It's this big valley that cuts through it all. Um, here's a more close-up, zoomed-in, high-res version of the map. You look at that, you've been a part of this study, and you know this valley is significant. You know it's significant for two reasons. Green Road and Blue Road. And so now you're looking at that, and you're like, whoa, this is a strategic valley. Whoever controls this valley has got major money, and they have major influence. You know that now. I don't even need to say that stuff anymore. It's a big deal. Now, everyone tries, because of that, everyone tries to control this valley. All the foreign armies, all the foreign nations try and control this extremely significant valley. There are more than 200, this is a lot, there are more than 200 documented Power-shifting, significant battles that take place in this valley and on the hills around it. They've, they've taken place all through the days of the Bible, all throughout uh, history, including the Crusades, including the British Army in the last hundred years. There are over 200 documented, power-shifting, significant battles here in this valley. Um, now, here's some pictures of the valley. It's generally beautiful. Uh, this valley is the, again, the number one most likely to be invaded place in all of the land. Very often, the Israelites do not control this valley. They just weren't strong enough most of the time. But it's beautiful. It's beautiful. And when you have this valley, there is so much food for the nation. There's so much prosperity. Uh, it, it's, it's fantastic. Although, it's, like I said before, it's the most likely to be invaded and lost. Around the valley, there are several strategic hills on which many battles for control uh, uh, over this valley take place, where armies gather, and, and, and I've, I've drawn them on the map with my 
great drawing skills. The purple triangles are not purple triangles. They are mountains, or in this case, um, hills. But there, there's these different strategic things around the, the valley. And, and when I'm reading through the Bible, as you all are, as, as we're reading through the Bible, I see that the, the valley and the mountains around, but this area, Jezreel Valley, that this is often the place of hopefulness, sorry, no, hopelessness. This is often the place of hopelessness and awfulness, at least for long periods of time. The foreign armies take it, and they control the best part of the land, and they get all the resources of the best part of the land. We, we keep seeing this hopelessness and, and, and awfulness, but if we keep looking, if we look deeper into these stories, if we keep reading, we are also seeing that at the end of every hopeless and awful situation around this valley, we see that this valley ultimately becomes the valley of God's amazing victories. It becomes the valley of God's amazing supernatural victories over every type of evil and every type of awful. I'm going to start today by giving you the spiritual lesson for, for the day. And then we're going to look at six stories in the Bible that are just going to keep spinning this out as we, as we talk through different events around this valley. But the basic spiritual lesson for today is that there is no situation too hopeless or a situation too awful in your life now or ever that God cannot or will not ultimately bring about incredible supernatural victory. The call for us is to keep believing in Jesus, to keep trusting in Jesus, to keep holding on. And you might look at your life and you might feel like you are living in the valley of awful. But the reality is, if you hold on to Jesus, you'll discover that you're actually living in the valley of certain upcoming victory. Man, I'm fired up for this. So hold on. I'm, I'm, I might be a little bit too wound up at some times today, but I'm, I'm excited about what we're going to be talking about today. Six stories that take place around this valley. The first is, the, the first mountain that we're going to look at is called Mount Gilboa. It's the one on the bottom right of the, it's circled in red there. There's some pictures of Mount Gilboa on the map. Um, you can, there's a battle that takes place here, many battles, but there's one that I want to talk about in 1 Samuel chapter 31, and it's between King Saul and the Philistines who have invaded and taken over the valley. They've, they've taken the whole thing at that particular time. Now the thing about King Saul was, is that he had turned against God and was being evil to a young man named David. And that he had been evil to this this kid named David, this, this young man, this 20-something named David, for years and years. And so as a result, David has been suffering and crying out to God for help and for rescue, uh, especially from this, this kid. He was the king, and he was just uh, incessant at hunting him down to kill him. He was just so aggressive about this, uh, year after year after year. You can read about the injustice and the awfulness that David was living through at the second half of the book of 1 Samuel. But you can just see that King Saul has just been awful, and, and David's just been calling out to God for help and rescue. Well, it was here, on Mount Gilboa, battling with the Philistines over the Jezreel Valley, that God brought about victory for David. And David didn't even need to be there for him to experience this victory. God punished King Saul for turning away from him and for horrifically mistreating David. 
by having, him, having King Saul die on Mount Gilboa. Guys, when life seems hopeless, when, when it seems awful, and when you feel like there's just nothing you can do, that the, the enemy is just too strong and, and, and overpowering or whatever, the Valley of Jezreel reminds us that God will bring justice and victory. God will bring justice and victory to all who have been treated evilly. God will bring justice and victory to all who have been treated evilly. There is no, there is no one in your life whose mistreatment of you has gone unnoticed by God. There's no one in your life whose mistreatment of you has gone unnoticed by God. God has seen what you have lived through. He has seen what you have endured. And his victory will definitely, certainly come for you and your, your situation. God will bring justice. He will bring victory on your behalf as you keep trusting to him and looking to him to act. The Valley of Jezreel is where hopelessness and, all, and awfulness are ultimately overthrown by the wonderful victories of God. That's true in Jezreel, and that will be true for you in your life as well. Praise God. That's first story. Second story, second mountain, Mount Mora. Mount Mora. You can see it's right there in the middle of the valley. We're just going to be working our, our way in an anti, uh, anti-clockwise direction around this, this valley. Uh, there's two of the same victory stories over the same evil that take place on this same hill. The first we read about in 2 Kings chapter 4, Elisha the prophet is connected to this story. The, the woman in Shunem, her son, Shunem is on the south side of the hill. It's the top right picture. I had to work through which way is right, which way is left. Okay, yeah, top right uh, picture there. And, and on this hill, and her, her son dies. And, and Elisha flee, uh, rushes to, to, this, to this hill, and, and through Elisha, God raises this boy to life and his child back from the dead. Extraordinary victory over, over uh, sin and death and what was going on there. In the New Testament, in, in Luke chapter 7, Jesus is walking past the same mountain. The town of Nain, just around the corner, um, you can see it's, it's noted on the bottom two pictures there. Same mountain. Jesus is walking by. There's another woman coming out. And her only son has also died. And Jesus steps up and raises that boy from the dead as well. In Jezreel, these women thought that they were in the valley of hopelessness and awfulness as they were looking at their life and their situation. But God steps in. And we discover that God will bring victory over sickness and death for all who keep trusting in Jesus. God will bring victory over sickness and death for all who keep trusting in Jesus. There's no sickness in your life that God cannot heal. There's no sickness no matter how long you've been suffering that Jesus cannot heal. He is able to do that. And even if we die, even when we die, God will give us the victory in the end. When he raises up us uh, into eternal life to enjoy that victory with Jesus forever. The the valley of Jezreel is where hopelessness and, and awfulness are ultimately overthrown. 
by the wonderful victories of God. It's true in this valley, and it will be true for you as well as you keep trusting in Jesus. Mountain number two. Mountain number three, Mount Tabor. Mount, Mount Tabor, uh, we are uh, looking at Judges chapter 4. For, for this story, again, there's so many stories that take place around this mountain. But uh, you, in this story, the king of Hazar, where's Hazar? It's up the green road, just off the top of this map above the Sea of Galilee. The king of Hazar, uh, he, he uh, had captured and controlled the Jezreel Valley for 20 years. It's a, it's a big deal, a lot of awful there. We read this in Judges chapter 4. It says in verse 3, Then the Israelites cried out to the Lord because Jabin, the king, had 900 iron chariots and he harshly oppressed them 20 years. Situation, 20 years of hopelessness because of how overpoweringly strong the enemy was. Very, very strong. They had no chance against this army. And also, 20 years of being harshly oppressed. 20 years of, 20 years. 20 years of being harshly oppressed. So what happens in this story? Well, a prophetess named Deborah, she summons Balak, who's from Galilee up into the north, just up to the north of this map here. And she tells him to gather an army of, of, of Galileans, basically, of 10 thousand of them and to go to Mount Tabor and assemble on Mount Tabor and stand on Mount Tabor and if they do this no matter the odds and they should they should certainly lose this battle but no matter the odds if they do this God will overthrow this enemy this impossibly strong seeming enemy and grant them victory and so that's what they do they go up onto this hill 10,000 of them gather and then God throws the army into uh, confusion and they flee they flee before God's people and there's a great victory. It's an amazing story. There's a lot to it. You can read it for yourself in Judges chapter 4. But in the Jezreel Valley, they thought their situation was hopeless and awful. But then we learn here that God will bring about justice and victory to those who suffer in hopeless situations and under harsh oppression. I love this stuff about God. That God will bring justice and victory to those who suffer in a hopeless situation under harsh uh, oppression. If you are being treated harshly, if you're being treated harshly, God sees. God sees. He will act. Hold on. Keep going. God will be victorious in your situation and he will punish those who have been harsh to you. Harsh to you. The valley of Jezreel is where, we, is where hopelessness and awfulness are ultimately overthrown by the wonderful victories of God. Again, if that's true in this valley, it will be true for you as well. The fourth one here is not necessarily a mountain, it's a ridge. It's called the Nazareth Ridge, and I think it's interesting to think that Jesus grows up here uh, on this ridge. He is able to... Uh, take a, you know, walk not very far to overlook this valley. He might call it the, well, he would have called it the Valley of Esdralon. But if this Jezreel Valley here, which I would like to rename as the Valley of Victory over any and every awful situation. But I don't, I'm not getting a lot of votes on that one. So it might stay with Jezreel, but still I'm, 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 I'm pushing for that one. 
in Luke chapter 4, he's preaching up here in Nazareth up on this ridge, and he's talking about the Bible. He's talking about what the Bible said, and the people ultimately get offended. They get offended at what he is saying, and so they want to kill him, and they want to stop his preaching. They want to stop what he is saying. They don't like what Jesus is saying, and so they bring him out to the, the cliff here, and they want to throw him off. And, and they want to silence him forever. And what does Jesus do? He just walks through the crowd and walks away. He just walks through the crowd and walks away. In the valley of Jezreel, it seemed that those who were offended by God's messages would prevail. That they would be able to silence what the enemy wanted to do. What, they would silence the offendedness of the a message. But instead we see that God will bring victory to those who faithfully proclaim the truths of God's word. He will bring victory. He will bring victory for those who faithfully proclaim the truths of God's word. Guys, the message of Jesus will go out to all the earth. The, the message of Jesus will go out to all the earth. There will be no stopping it. It will go out to the far reaches of Partick. Partick. Uh, and Milangavi. <laughs> right. It will, go, it will go to the far reaches uh, of the world. And yet, it will be offensive to many people in Glasgow and beyond. It will be offensive. There, there, there's many people who hate and are offended by the message of Jesus, the teaching of Jesus, the values of Jesus, the perspective of Jesus, about everything from salvation to, to just about any topic. They, they just don't like and they're offended by some of the teachings and values of Jesus. But God wants his message to be heard and it will be heard. It will go out to the ends of the earth. It will not be silenced and he is on the side of those who truthfully and kindly and boldly Boldly and kindly and passionately and persistently and kindly keep bringing the truth, a message of Jesus, even if it's considered offensive. And many wanted to, you to stop talking. Just do it kindly. God will bring victory for those who faithfully proclaim the truths of God's word. The next one. Continuing our circle around the valley, Mount Carmel. Mount Carmel. One, one of my top 10,000 stories in all the Bible, because I love them all. Uh, one, one of the great stories in the Bible is Elijah is up there with the nation, the entire nation. And basically the nation has turned away from God. Most all of them. There's a few, 7,000 maybe. But basically the whole nation has turned away from God. And there's a great showdown between the political leader, King Ahab... And all the prophets of Baal, the spiritual, um, the spiritual, basically the, that's, that's the God that was being worshipped instead of God in that day. So you've got the nation who are observing this moment. And Elijah basically draws a line and he says, guys, here's the contest. We're gonna, I'm going to build an altar. You're going to build an altar. Whosoever God answers by fire is the real God. And, and the nation is spread out on this hill. It's right here on this hillside. I mean, you can see the, the arrow at the top right one. Uh, that's where this contest has taken place. The, the bottom left picture, that's the overlook of where, this is, where the nation is gathered observing this moment. It's taking place right here on, on Mount Carmel. And, and, and you've, you've got these altars built up. The nation doesn't believe, but they're standing here to watch anyways. And the, the prophets of Baal are cutting themselves and crying out for their 
you know, so-called God to light their altar on fire and nothing happens. Elijah steps up, dumps a, gets him to dump a bunch of water on it, and he calls out to God, and fire falls from heaven out of a cloudless sky. Out of a cloudless sky. There's not a single cloud in this sky. Read the chapter. Fire falls from heaven, consumes this altar. The nation falls down on their face and they declare, Yahweh, the God of the Bible, Yahweh, He is God. Yahweh, He is God. And no matter what the government wanted for that nation to believe, no matter what the, the prophets of Baal wanted the nation to believe, these, uh, no matter what the nation had previously believed and been persuaded by, they have this moment where God is victorious and reveals himself until the whole nation is like, yep, Yahweh, he is God. The, the, the point here overlooking the Jezreel Valley is God will be victorious over every political leader or, or spiritual belief, no matter how popular, even if everyone believes it. Over every political leader or spiritual belief that people think is better than God. God will be victorious. Politicians and governments may do their best to, to make laws that will shift people away from the values of the Bible. They do that. They've always done that. that that's, just, that's just part of it. It can be discouraging for God's people, though, to see, to see things move away from, from how we might, we might want it to be. And then other spiritual leaders might want to try and persuade people, don't believe in God. Let's, let's think about this other thing. Here's some other alternative things to believe in and, and worship. And even if our whole nation starts going that direction, there's still hope. There's still hope. No matter what happens with the laws, no matter what happens with, with maybe the common beliefs of our, our, our day. Because God can continually reveal himself generation after generation. So I encourage you, if you see that happening in our day, uh, don't be discouraged. Keep praying, keep praying, keep speaking, keep, you know, but don't lose hope. Because victory will come. God sees what's happening and will be victorious in the end. The Valley of Jezreel. It's where hopelessness and awfulness will ultimately be overthrown. Maybe you look at the world today and the trajectory that it's on, and you're like, it's hopeless. No, no, no. All that trajectory ultimately be overthrown by the wonderful victories of God. If it's true in this valley, it's going to be true for you as well. And for all who keep trusting in Jesus. The final one. There's a hill hard to call it a hill. It's a hill. It's called Megiddo. It's right here. Uh, on, uh, pictured here. It's on, again on this valley. The, the Mount, Mount Megiddo, hill of Megiddo, Tel Megiddo, or in Hebrew, Armageddon. Armageddon. According to Revelation chapter 16, the final battle of all time will take place here in the Jezreel Valley. Here at Armageddon. The place where the Antichrist will gather the kings of the earth who hate the God of the Bible, who hate Jesus. He will call them from the ends of the earth and they will come and gather here at Mount Megiddo, at Armageddon here in this valley. And they are going to be bent on destroying once and for all the people of God for good. But Jesus. But Jesus will show up and take his extraordinary, invincible power 
and be wildly victorious. And he, and he will, and he will, he will be, take his great power, reign. Jesus will return, throw down every enemy, every king, everything that's opposed to him. And we discover in the valley of Jezreel that God will be victorious over all. The final victory and triumph of Jesus Christ is certain and forever. And he will reign forever and ever. Right? I mean, I just, it's, not, it's not in my nose, but it's in my head every time I preach this in my, in my, in my mind. It's just like, yes, the victory of Jesus. All these stories. And so much more take place. Hundreds of them around this one valley. And, and I, I don't know what you need to hear today. But what I, I, I want you to know is... There is no darkness too dark. There is no person too powerful. There is no situation too hopeless. There is no threat too awful in your life today or even in your future that God has not proven himself able to be fully and completely victorious over. In your life now or, or, or at the end. We serve this living and, and powerful God who will make all things right. He will make all things new. Who will bring justice. Who will bring victory to all of you who have been hurt and yet trusted in Jesus. To all of you who have been mistreated and yet trusted in Jesus. Who will ultimately bring victory over all of your situations. And you will see it if not in this life, definitely in the life to come. So keep believing. Our God is incredible. He's victorious. He will be victorious over every aspect of your life. Our God brings victory. Exclamation point. Maybe another 50 exclamation points. I have a challenge for you today, and it's a little bit different than normal. I want you to draw the story of another extraordinary victory that takes place in this valley. The story of Gideon. And what takes place where God takes 300 people and he overthrows a vast invincible host. And just remind yourself of what's going on. So here, here's, the, here's the challenge. I'll read it. And I'll explain what you're seeing here. But basically print out a map of the Jezreel Valley or, or the area around and draw out the story of Gideon in Judges chapter 7 and 8. It's going to be fun. Uh, Mark the places Gideon moves to. Find out where the enemy and enemies are, are from. You just keep Googling, where is this bit, where is this bit. And where the victory battle takes place, how far they chase the enemy, mark it out. When I, when I mark out battles on maps, I use Star Wars colors. So, blue or green is the good guys. And then red is the bad guys. And I draw arrows and put X. X's where there's battles, and then I watch the good guys chase the bad guys away at the end of, of the story. So uh, I, I want you to go ahead and do this. Um, th this bit here, what you're seeing here is the stream where Gideon whittles down the people to 300, where they drink the water. It's right on Mount Gilboa. You can see it on the red dot. It's right there in this valley at Mount Gilboa. And uh, on the picture there, it's, it's Ein Herod on the side of Mount Gilboa there. That's where that bit is taking place. Most of this story takes place just across this little stretch on Mount Mora. And, but you can see and map it out. Find out where the enemies are from. Map it out and just see 
and delight in God's amazing victory in that situation and remind yourself, if it's true here in Jezreel, how much more true will it be for you ultimately as well? Let me pray for us. Let me pray for us. Uh, God, you bring victory in our lives and we trust you for the victories, all the victories in the future. God, you are the God who is all-powerful, who is, is going to win, who is going to uh, bring victory to all those who trust in you and, and, and over all the earth. We look forward to that future day with Jesus and his great victories. He, he's our king and, and, and we're so thankful for that. God, we, we trust you we, and we look, we look forward to, to all the victories you'll bring in our lives. Now, if you're here and, or, or you're listening and you're like, wow, I haven't trusted Jesus for my life, for my victories. I have not given my life to, to follow and, and believe in Jesus. But you're like, no, that's, I want to be on team Jesus. I want to follow Jesus with my life. I encourage you to pray something like this. God, here I am. For the rest of my life, I, I give my life to following you. Whether things look awful or hopeless today, I will trust you with the victories tomorrow, now and forever. I, I trust you whether things go good or whether things are, are difficult. Whether I'm sickly or healthy, I just trust you as long as I live. I will follow Jesus with my life. Now forgive me. Fill me with your spirit and lead me forward clearly and powerfully. Help me. Help me. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.